Welcome to the Women Are Smarter podcast. I am your host, Dennis Strazzullo. The Women Are Smarter podcast is brought to you by Mount Tam Media. Join us as we explore the journeys of women in the music industry, women-owned businesses and nonprofits, and other inspirational females making a difference in this world. We are proud to provide a platform for these incredible women so you can hear their stories. And welcome back. Hi, Dennis. Yes, welcome back. We are finally uh, getting to our second episode of The Women Are Smarter. And I have to thank you again uh, and your wonderful platform, Mount Tam Media, for providing the uh, launching pad for this podcast and uh, many to follow. So thank you. And thank you. Thank you for your wonderful work and, and jumping into this world of podcasting. Yes, podcasting and women. And being women, smarter. yeah, yeah I know. I, better. I'm getting a lot of uh, people saying, why is a man uh, hosting this? Do you have a comment on I, that? I, well, probably because if it were a bunch of women, we wouldn't be listened to. <laughs> Isn't there a show called The View that's all about that? That's right. So we'll we'll talk about that as time goes on. And I think the women are smarter. You know, it's it may be a bit tongue in cheek. I mean, I'm sure uh, the last thing women want is to sort of flip the script so much so now all of a sudden um, there's inequality the other way. Well, maybe not. I could be wrong. <laughs> I could well, be wrong you know about how it that. goes. You go one direction or the yeah. other. It's it's hard to find that balance. But I think that's sort of what's happening right now with. Everything that's happening that is pretty unbelievable um, yeah. every time I... So these listen. ladies, uh, in this podcast, they don't talk about that as much. Um, and let us well, let me tell them what this podcast is. Um, we had uh, the opportunity to attend the Days Between Music Festival back at the end of August uh, of this year. And if you listened to our first episode, we interviewed several artists, women, that uh, appeared at that uh, festival. And while we were there, uh, well, not while we were there, but beforehand, we made uh, the acquaintance of Tamara Klamner, who, uh, thank you, and a shout out to Steve Sank for introducing us, who uh, paved the way for us to do those interviews. And when we arrived, we discovered that Tamara and her partner, Biasha Mitchell, uh, had an all-women production company that were putting on the show. Yay! So it was pretty obvious that we needed to interview them, too, and it was pretty fun, uh, and we did it. So, um uh, what was your impression of those ladies? <laughs> Hard working, for sure. And just the history and how they got together. And I, I thought they were fantastic. And they, I think they really outlined uh, well, you know, why women can often uh, get a lot done and be very productive together. And I think communication is key. But I won't talk about that. I'll let them Well, we'll let them share. do it. They, uh, <clears throat> it was called, or it is called, uh, Shooting Star Events is the name of their production company. And you'll hear Tamara talk about one of her desires is to get uh, put women in power, uh, in power positions uh, at a company. And the two of them sort of stri- strove, is that a word? Strived for that. <laughs> and um, they did it. They talk about all of that. Um, you know, Biasha had a lot to say about... Uh, I thought this was interesting about jaded women, women becoming jaded because they 
struggle and they muscle their way to the top and then they become jaded and then they become just like the men. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> and so there was a bit, and this has been a common theme as we talked to sort of these pre-interviews with folks that are, we're going to talk to. Uh, but that led to some stories about competitiveness amongst women. And that came up also in the, in the initial podcast. And I, you know, it was funny. You'll hear, uh, ladies and gents, uh, a lot of music background on this one because we were out in the field doing it. And if I'm not mistaken, that was Lisa Marlsberger's voice. I think so. <laughs> that we keep hearing. It was and really she, nice, actually. And she was one of the stars of our uh, first podcast. Um, so Tamara tells the story. She gives props to some other women that have helped her, including Sherry Wasserman, uh, one of the owners of Another Planet, which I thought was interesting. And then in a little bit of a twist, uh, Biasha started to open up about the hog farm and the uh, Black Oak Ranch, which is the location uh, where we of the festival and where we were interviewing them and the whole hog farm hippie commune <laughs> deal <laughs> with wavy gravy uh was was interesting and also biasha being i think second or third generation her parents i think it was were yes. one of the ones that uh, purchased the, the land so we'll let her Good memory yeah uh, uh, well <laughs> we'll see um <clears throat> But she really lit up, uh, Biasha did, when talking about Camp Winter Rainbow. Uh, and I didn't, I'll be honest, I did not know what Camp Winter Rainbow was or is. I do now. And it is a uh, performing arts camp for kids. And Biasha was very clear that it shaped her life. Um, yeah. Something that Wavy Gravy has put, put on uh, for all these years. And our timing is pretty wonderful because... Uh, just about the time this will be released, it, uh, they will have completed their Toward the Funds benefit concert, uh, benefiting Camp Winter Rainbow. So hopefully they can leverage uh, that with this podcast. We'll get it out there and get some more donations. And I'm going to give them a plug, campwinterrainbow.org, uh, to donate. And that's two ends when you go Winter yep. Rainbow. <laughs> yep. But you can look it up. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so... Um, and, and then she did, uh, Tamara again, excuse me, no, Biasha launched back into a discussion about some of the great women uh, through the hog farm and what they have done. Tamara spoke uh, about, uh, what is she, she spoke about Calico and about uh, Johanara, uh, these, these men, that is uh, Wavy's partner, and just the wonderful people, uh, women that have made that a successful uh, operation. So, yeah. Uh, they wanted to talk about their plans for next year, getting more women. And I, one thing I have to say is I was so uh, enamored about hearing about these women in powerful positions. By the end of the podcast, I started calling <laughs> I started calling Abiyasha Basha. Yes, you did. I, I did. And Basha, <laughs> but you know, that is a person, artist. Basha Rezin. Shout mm -hmm. out Basha Rezin, mm -hmm. who was, I believe, a secretary in the Grateful Dead office for years and the partner of the great Merle Saunders. Also a musician. Yes. And, uh, uh, yeah, that is true. So in any case, um, let's uh, on with the show and uh, please enjoy the Women Are Smarter podcast. And first, a word from our sponsor. We will get to our discussions with the ladies in just a moment, but first, we'd like to thank and hear from our sponsor helping make this podcast possible. This episode of the Women Are Smarter podcast is sponsored by the Sports and Entertainment Practice Group of the O'Hagan Meyer Law Firm. O'Hagan Meyer is a proud holder of a Mansfield Rules certification, reflecting an ongoing commitment to consider a broad pool of candidates as it hires and promotes by intentionally including lawyers who identify as members of historically underrepresented groups. 
The Mansfield rule is named after Arabella Mansfield, the first woman admitted to the practice of law in the United States. Mansfield Rule certification reaffirms O'Hagan Meyer's commitment to equity and inclusion. The firm has a national scope with offices in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., and can be found on the web at ohaganmeyer.com. And now, back to the show. Welcome. We are pleased to bring you another episode of The Women Are Smarter uh, through Mountain Tam Media. And today we have the absolute pleasure of being with uh, two wonderful women, two very smart women, and two energetic women who have put on this Days Between Festival. Uh, their company, All Women Company, is called Shooting Star Events. And uh, I'd like to welcome both uh, Tamara Klamner and also Biasha Mitchell uh, here at your home, essentially. Isn't that right, Biasha? Yeah, yeah. I grew up here on Black Oak Ranch, um, and my family still lives here, and I spend about a week a month up here and uh it is yeah it is my home yes and so thank you for sharing it with us and um uh tamara sometimes you call this your home as well don't you (laughs) it's my home when we're producing these events and or if i visit but yes definitely a part of me resides here (laughs) yeah absolutely and and both physically and uh and spiritually spiritually yes um so what we're talking about on this podcast in, in general is, uh, I said this before we started chatting, this intersection of the uh, what's going on in, in our country now with uh, women's rights, women's rights being uh, compromised, taking a step back, uh, having to fight uh, again, um, and the intersection of that and the challenges of uh, a woman-owned business uh, in the music industry and not only trying to put on uh, an event, uh, but just uh, dealing with all of the business aspects that go along with that. And I am just going to assume that there are special challenges to that uh, as a woman. I'm going to direct that to you, Tamara. Uh, absolutely and completely. Um, I've been working in the music business per se for 30 years, starting out at the Save a Foundation producing benefit events. And that was a really soft way to get into the music industry because everyone's doing it out of love and wanting to help others so I got the best of the music industry I would guess because of the way people are coming in with good intentions but even at that you're dealing with often a lot of egos people with a lot of egos and attachments and a lot of male energy in the music business there's mostly men that run things in this industry whether it's the stages or the sound and the lights the production or the bands and the band management it's often male dominated so being a woman in that world is definitely challenging and and uh when we started this company that we call shooting star events we Two women that have both had a lot of experience in this industry decided we want to do a women-owned production company to bring about better communication, better balance, a more feminine approach to how we work together to produce a wonderful event. And it's been amazing to do such a thing. Um, I find it much a much healthier environment to live in we communicate better and we make an, a real effort to do that i mean no we're never perfect but 
it's much better and easier to work with women I mean often and right. so it's been a great experience um, we've done this is our third show now we started this business in 2019 right before the COVID epidemic pandemic and of course that had its own stumbling points and postponements and changes and we've learned a lot through the process but I think both of us would agree being women in this challenging process in this business that is often male dominated being women and having the intention of doing things differently communicating trying to bring more women in and put women in positions of power within the industry in our world has been really really great and we have uh, women that run our our box office we have women that run our security we have women that run operations we have we women run our all our production office and we haven't found a woman to run our stage yet um, but that's coming we hope to <laughs> I hope to I really do it's hard to find women that push heavy things around <laughs> on this I mean there are things where it's you know it might not be uh, become a completely woman or we're not like we don't want men but it's just really been great to put women in positions of power within this organization and find that the communication's better and it flows better and it's really fun that's great i mean i can say so far so good here on day three um it's been seamless from our experience and i'm sure you've had your ups and downs throughout the weekend um and, but you're not angry at anybody now so that's good <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that i would say about that's important to me is what i found working in the music industry is that the women who are working in the music industry have had to fight so hard to get to the position that they're in that they almost get jaded and they get kind of mean and 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 what we really try to foster is is how do we how do we like communicate with each other and in, in gentle ways and but firm ways because obviously we have to get stuff done but i'm talking about some of the women that i've worked with in the past that have been the production managers or the box office managers and they're they have to muscle their way up and i guess for me personally that's not the way that i have operated in the music industry and so i can i think within our staff like i'll take our female security director as an example she is incredible at what she does she is very firm with whatever situation she's dealing with but she approaches it with this feminine communication that includes a huge smile when she's dealing with a pretty difficult situations and i feel like the women on our team all approach vanessa who works in operations she's got a smile on her face all the time and she's not mean to anybody and it's really really sweet to see that kind of happening in as as women are communicating with each other because they can often fight with each other right because they're trying to muscle their way 
what's what I found is they're trying to muscle their way to the top of whatever they're in, and there's so few of them. I, I've heard that uh, talking to some other women on this subject about this podcast. Um, that one caution would be when there are other women trying to do the same thing you're doing, whether it's as a musician or in production. Um, watch out for that competitiveness amongst and, the women. And I've had that experience. I was working in a festival where I was not getting along with the, I feel like she was like our, the other production coordinator. And I was butting heads with her and I was feeling like really angry at her. And actually the male partner that I had at the time <laughs> said to me, well, you know, there's so few women in these kinds of positions in the music industry, you guys should be working together. You should not yeah, be fighting with each other. Yeah. You should be lifting each other up. And yeah. I, actually, I I approached her, and this I mean this was like twenty years ago. But I approached her, and we are fast friends, and we lifted each other up. And we that's how I try to approach every women to women relationship within the music industry. Is we all got to rise together. Just a great point and a great example and teaching point to, to women coming through now, right? I mean, because the, the nature of men or women is to be competitive, but maybe when you're saying fighting a little bit harder, uh, it's going to uh, engender that type of thing. You told me a story earlier today about uh, a woman versus woman issue that had a, a sort of illustrates what we're talking about. You want to share that with us? Sure. Um, <laughs> I won't probably name any names. No, but, don't name you names. Know, we, we had a, a a female altercation with two women actually um, not getting along and someone intervened and said you know what men are trying to control our vaginas all over this country and look at you two fighting with each other if you put this much passion into fighting with each other you guys should be fighting against the men that are trying to control our vaginas right now. <laughs> Beautiful. Illustrative, right? <laughs> and, the, and it works. The women stopped. Stepped back from each other. And co it completely changed the entire vibe of, of the altercation. And it was over. And they're friends. And they're good. Living, working examples as we speak. Um, uh, Tamara, I wanted to follow up on... Thank you for that. Um, I wanted to follow up on what you said. So within the company and within your staff, you have women working together and it's very refreshing. It's empowering, I would say, too, for you because you're controlling uh, what goes on here, producing the event. Um, that, now, what is that like when you're dealing with the people on the other side of the any business transaction going on with, with the uh, production crew, which are probably mostly men? Does that cause tension or uncomfortableness or... There any issues you mean production here or like business with booking but yes booking the, the third parties coming oh, in yeah. that you're dealing with ah, you know it's been great actually I, I, I haven't experienced any any really any contention or any negative or anything yeah. in that we're you know, making a business to book. 
I mean, I haven't yeah. noticed. That's good. Well, I mean, uh, there is strength in what you're doing there. Actually, because... there's a lot of women on that <laughs> side, too. I mean, maybe, you know, not at the very top, but right under the top, it's, it ends up being women. Oh, send me the contract. It's the woman that sends the contract. But who I'm negotiating prices with is almost 100% the men. Right. <laughs> and, uh, do you think the, and sometimes it actually, I feel like, works to my advantage. And that's the other side of it. It's like, because I'm a woman, they're, they're nice to me. Maybe nicer than they would be to uh, a man that was trying to book. Yeah. Hey. I, I'm not sure because I've never been the man trying to book. <laughs> it's works. I don't feel pushed around on that I maybe Good. one out of a hundred I might feel it, but generally it's been fun. You don't feel that uh, there's a man rolling his eyes when I help dealing no. with these women. Good. I mean, we're offering yeah. money. So yeah, <laughs> there is that. That's what they are looking for. Well, I think something what Piasha said too is interesting. If um, with the security head, um, you know, behaving fair, firm, and friendly. I mean, that's kind of something I've always abided by: fair, firm, and friendly. And I don't know, maybe men don't do that as much. <laughs> I, I mean, in the booking, I've found it to be pretty fair, firm, and friendly across the board. There have been a couple cases where it was flaky, but um, <laughs> I don't think that has to do with gender. No. Um, <laughs> That's Leave across the board. Leave the fourth Yeah. Um, but it's, in other areas, it's cha more challenging. It, it, like, for, like, on, I, I don't want to, like, too specific but um oh come on in, there are some men in positions of power that don't want to listen to me even though it's my show <laughs> and because and you're a woman, I, you I don't i think it might That's have okay. something to do with it yeah it's it's an ego it's, it hurts their ego if i as a woman say i need to do that you know it's, it yeah. seems to come up um and it's a little bit challenging at times. Uh, How about you? you met, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, I, I actually, why Tamara and I are such good partners is I struggle as a woman to stand up to, you know, a man telling me what he thinks I should do. Um, and so I actually watched Tamara in her interactions with men and, and I learn a lot on how to stay firm, friendly <laughs> and hopefully kind and, and, and kind for the most part. And, and sometimes you can't and sometimes there's a place in which you gotta I call it putting my big girl pants on. And I will be like, oh I gotta go put my big girl pants on and I go out and I handle a situation and it's way more difficult for me as a woman to do something like that um, than I think it would be if I wasn't a woman. Right. So it's something I struggle with every day. And oh, go ahead. He went down. Hi. Test. There we are. You're back. Yeah. I think I've had 15 years on you of dealing with this shit. And guys, men. And I had to like act tough and it, and I don't really like it yeah. but I am naturally do it I think it's part of my personality also I grew up the big sister of two younger brothers I've always bossed them around right. you know, had to 
because comes they, naturally. they need direction. <laughs> I'm going to say this as a man. We need direction. They do. Um, <laughs> but I think some men take offense to that. Yeah. And specifically in men in positions of power. It hurts their ego. Yeah. And so, and I sometimes get impatient with that mm-hmm. when I need something to be done really quick and they don't want to hear me because it's not what they want to be done. Okay, that's when it get because, and I can get angry yeah it makes your your gut feel a little bit like Uh, i have to yeah (laughs) like that (laughs) i think that's it and i'm like can i just have women everywhere but i don't know that that would be better there are issues this personality stuff it doesn't have to do with gender all the time but i do think it it does you know come up oh sure it does and that's why we're here to talk about it i also think that you should talk about just we the challenges we've had and finding women to play the festival yes, yes oh, that, was, that too well you, i mean true i mean i really want to put women performers on the stage and often most bands that are more prominent are male bands i mean there might be women in the band but it's not a female band female led head band so it's really important to me to bring some of that in always as much as possible and keep it balanced and in our first festival, the Hog Farm Hideaway, the first one that we did this year, it was it was a little easier in that genre, you know, bringing in more of a, you know, a bluegrass, jamgrass, that Americana, you know, singer-songwriters. You can find women-led bands, but in the jam scene, it's really challenging. I mean, I we did a pretty good job here, but overall, it's challenging to find women in this genre yeah and it's uh, there are people trying to change that I mean uh, unfortunately we didn't get the uh, the brown-eyed women here uh, which uh, frankly was part of the impetus of the subject of this podcast Um, we uh, we spoke to uh, Jill Simmons at uh, the Skull and Roses Festival and thought wow it'd be great so anyway but the thing is they have an influence here because we're talking about it I once even we were going to do this whether they were coming or not but um so i went through the exercise of going through all of the bands and to find out how many women were going to be there (laughs) or be here Mm -hmm. uh so that i could do an inventory and uh, i came across the same result as you Mm -hmm. not many uh fortunately you know sunshine becker garcia um um you know had a cup was uh, helped me in that regard get some folks together some gals together but yeah, it was a bit sparse. Um, I I believe that that's something she's she's working on. She know? is, and she's doing an amazing job of bringing women together. In fact, she's doing a set this afternoon, and she's bringing together all the women that are performing on this festival to sing together. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And guess what? We get to talk to them before they go on stage. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. be lots. And of And I mean, unfortunately, the brown-eyed women had to cancel because it was just too expensive for them to get out here for just this gig and yeah and and that maybe speaks to it too uh because they should be getting more gigs they absolutely should and unfortunately their agent didn't book them around this to make it work which was the original plan so they had to postpone let's say well Well, this is have them again i was going to say this is just going to be sort of the impetus uh of next year um, yeah, totally. And, it, and I think, I mean, I'll take it back to the production companies, too, because I, I, um, you know, I've been around the industry for a while, not as long as Tamara, 
and I I was at a actually a memorial for for somebody um, that that passed away in the music industry recently and I basically uh, I w- I ran across the other female owned production company <laughs> that other, does like singular <laughs> the singular that does music festivals so um, the Sweetwater 420 festival in Atlanta. Atlanta and I you know my friend Jen and I ran across her and I was like oh um, we should start a like a coalition of women owned music festivals and then we just looked at each other and we're like and it'll be a membership of two oh, yeah <laughs> I'm sure there's more other out there, but in just in in my knowledge of a female owned production promoter companies, I I well, don't there, another planet. I mean, it's not only female, but she's definitely Cherry. a strong female. <laughs> I mean, I've learned a lot from her. Talk about tough. She's uh, she, and uh, someone who's had to fight her way to the yeah, top. She's yeah, very tough, and I admire it. Um, I. You know, she, when I, I've often gone and talked to her to get advice on how to deal with things. And I might not deal with it exactly as she does, but I mean, I like her advice because she started in the 70s. What is her name? Sherry Wasserman. She's one of the owners of Another Planet Entertainment and one of my mentors. I just dearly love and respect her. Yeah, I want to make sure we gave her the proper plug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, I worked with all the years I worked at the Save a Foundation in Berkeley. Their office is around the corner from us, literally. So I would often just walk over there and say, hey, Sherry, can I talk to you? She always lets me talk to her. She always takes my calls, texts, any, immediately. She just is very gracious with sharing her knowledge and experience with me and mentoring me if I need her help. And I have a feeling you're going to be doing that to some uh, women coming down the pike or up the pike, <laughs> the two of you, uh, because it's a great example. And I think the coalition's going to grow. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I mean, if this is any indication. Um, let me ask you um, a couple of questions, um, Biasha, about uh, this sacred ground that we're uh, uh, recording from and where this event is taking place. I know you have uh, family history here. Um, and also, uh, in regards to women, there was uh, some special uh, recognition to the, the women that uh, were involved or involved in in this uh, beautiful land. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Uh, well, the the Black Oak Ranch is the home of the hog farm, which is uh, the America's longest running hippie commune, supposedly. <laughs> Yeah. None of us quite remember exactly when it started, but you know, somewhere around. It didn't start think, here either, we, right? We something? think we're we think it's like around yeah, sixty seven. That's what Wavy would probably And it's be. the yeah. idea start, right? I mean it wasn't here, correct? No, the the hog farm was a um was a collection of, mm-hmm. of people. Right. Uh, really. Um, including Wavy Gravy and, and Jahanra, his 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 partner and a number of other people. Uh, Dorji and, and Red Dog and a lot of a lot of these these hog farmers that um, were traveling around on buses and actually landed at a pig farm in Sunland, California, and were caretaking a, a pig farm there, and that's where the name the hog farm came from. Uh, there are actually no pigs on the Black Oak Ranch, just <laughs> to be clear, <laughs> and we've never had pigs, um, and. 
the hog farm is a long history that probably we can worthy of another podcast yes yeah worthy of another podcast but i'll just fast forward to black oak ranch where uh wavy gravy calls black oak ranch our hog heaven on earth uh-huh. and it is a uh, large property in mendocino county in Leightonville, and where we're sitting and it's it's where members of the hog farm have decided to to live and and build their homes and my parents uh, were part of the the group of hog farmers who decided to in the 80s found this property and decided to pool together all the pennies and the couches to uh, buy it over many years and a lot of effort and a lot of fundraisers and we're still paying it off yeah <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah we live here on the on this ranch and it's about 20 25 people live here year-round and uh, and then the population grows in the summer when we have our events and we house our the home of Camp Winter Rainbow which is we the end uh, performing arts and circus camp very dear to my heart I think I, I went to Camp Winter Rainbow when I was six yeah. and uh, spent my entire childhood at the camp and uh and it shaped who i am today and what wavy likes to say is we teach we don't teach kids performing arts and circus skills we teach kids how to duck with a sense of humor yeah and that's what i feel like i learned i think at camp that Rainbow. my greatest legacy are the kids that come out of camp with their philosophy of loving kindness I think that that is something that can change the course of history, and I firmly believe that. Um, but the hog farm, the the hog farm lives on the Black Oak Ranch, and the Black Oak Ranch is the home. You know, the hog farm also lives in other places, so Berkeley, primarily, and uh, the people who live here. We we have. A couple of event facilities and so we provide a smaller uh, event facility for Camp One Rainbow also the Northern California Women's Herbal Symposium happens up here and then on the larger uh, event facility is our, our festival facility and that's where we get to throw parties like this and and it's an amazing place amazing. and and it's people come here and have a connection to the land. I don't know if you've all felt mm-hmm. it this weekend, but I, I have been approached and, and actually myself, I, I feel connected to this land cause I grew up here, but I also, every time I have an event here, I have some other experience where I feel connected to the land. And I talk to the people out in the campgrounds and they tell me about their experiences with the land and this Oak tree that they came across in the middle of the night that spoke to them or the creek that they just sat their feet in for hours at a time. And and those, they have this deep connection. There's something special about Black Oak Ranch. Yeah, it draws you. Yeah. Um, I don't think you have to be born or second generation, right? It's like like (laughs) the people's ranch. It's like the people's ranch and that, yeah, people feel like it's home when they get here. Tell me, tell me about the the uh, the role of women in its history and how that was honored. Uh, oh yeah, recently. Um, yeah. So, and part of creating the Hog Farm Hideaway, and the Hog Farm Hideaway is our fest- our other festival, and uh, we obviously we we are we. 
some point speak to the hog farm hideaway the marriage between string cheese and I don't oh, know yeah. how to talk about that but um, or maybe it'll come you to may. me yeah just but talk anyway <laughs> uh, you know it's the the hog in 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 essentially marketing the event and talking about the event the hog farm hideaway we wanted to honor all the music musicians the female musicians that were playing at the hog farm hideaway and in that experience I was like, well, if we're going to be honoring the female musicians, we should also be honoring the women of the hog farm because they're some incredibly powerful and amazing women that created and built the hog farm over the years. The community, there's a lot of amazing men that did that as well. Uh, But I had this opportunity in March, Women's History Month, to pull together a series, a social media series of stories about women in the hog farm and as I was thinking about it I was I got to think about uh, people who contributed different um, different skills and different um, uh, just the the thing about the hog farm is it's very self-selecting it's like okay I have this skill set and I'm going to contribute that to the community so maybe I like to cook and I'm going to cook a lot and I'm going to be the cook you know I'm going to be the person that brings people together through food or I'm the kind of person that uh, likes to um, fix things or build things and so like uh, Dorji who is actually built this dressing room that we're oh, all yeah. sitting in right Beautiful. now yeah. um, she is an artist and she uh, create creates spaces and she and the hog farm she was on the buses and she was building the original <laughs> domes uh, that the hog farm was uh, using at their events when they would go and around to, to college campuses and she would she would just build them and she st- does all the tents out here at our at our venue and uh, my mom is an artist so she does all the batiks that you see inside the backstage area um, she's a batik artist and produces them in Bali and uh, decorates our backstage. So in the women, Women's History Month, um, I was able to sort of talk about the artists in the hog farm and talk about Dorji and my mom, Joni Mitchell. Not the Joni Mitchell. <laughs> um, and then I was able to also talk about, you know, the community builders. So uh, um, Susie Barsotti is an incredible community builder and she will sit in our meetings and mediate and, and moderate the conversation and she'll be always the first person to um cook for the community like when the pandemic hit you know there's a lot of older uh people that live here now at the black oak ranch um year round and in order to protect the community her uh, Susie and her daughter ella decided to cook meals for the hog farmers and they cooked for the better part of two years uh almost every night so that the people did not have to leave the ranch and stay safe until you know wow. through that whole and that that's a self-selecting experience right so these people uh, Susie and Ella I would consider as community builders right and um, and then of course our most beloved um, everyone's beloved but Jahanara who is Wavy's partner I was able to well, Jah- well Tamara actually wrote a piece about uh, Jahanara and her contribution to the hog farm and she is an incredible woman who 
is generous and kind. She created along with Wavy Camp on a Rainbow. And she also, along the way, took in a lot of children um, into the hog farm to raise them because maybe they came from a difficult situation and needed a needed some support and a place to live. And and she essentially took on these these kids and personally. And then we got to write about her and her contribution. She was also us on Star Trek. She's a, she's an actress. Oh. <laughs> she's an incredible person. And and you know when we put that post up on because no everyone talks about Wavy right, but yeah. no one. She also is a very and I would say this about all the women of the hog farm pretty private mm-hmm. in that they're not out there self promoting. And Jahanara is certainly the last person to self promote. And it was really amazing to be able to just ask her some questions and Tamara wrote this amazing piece about her and we put it up on social media I took screen she does not on Facebook so I took screen grabs and sent it to her and the, the it went viral like it, there were thousands and thousands thousands of people that just read it commented talked about their own personal experiences with Jahanara being taken in by Jahanara like the kids that she took in so it was really yeah, the really sense incredible. of community is, um, you know, yeah, it's this whole discussion, doesn't it? Where, where let, let's promote her a little bit here. Where can they find? Uh, you said it was a social media oh, blast, I think but what the best way to look at the women on the Hog Farm series is probably to go to the Hog Farm Hideaways Facebook page and then just find the month of March. Okay, and just look at all the posts from the month of March, and you can see the things that we wrote. And uh, there's a lot of information. We talked about Calico, who was one of the, was the Grateful Dead's uh, original box office ticketing person. And she ran Grateful Dead ticketing and uh, for a long time. And she was very, very well known in the scene. And that was also a very, very uh, wonderful story that we were able to put together. Would you say this Grateful Dead community, I'm looking at Tamara now, has been a little more inclusive of women than maybe others or less i mean because i hear i hear that and i i uh, i know i know of some probably other probably more more yeah probably more i mean if you think about the grateful dead can at, from the top of it there are always women in their organization in the well. mix with everyone else eileen and different women i wasn't super duper close with them but i know them and who they are Right, and of yeah. course, Calico was pr- the woman who took care of all the deadheads because she organized all the ticketing. And she just loved and was generous to everyone out there. You know, She was kind of our, our connection because I came into that scene from just being a deadhead and loving the music and growing up around it and going to shows. So we all knew Calico. She Known was out Ruby in the audience. In the community. She right. was outside the shows helping us get in. And she would, people would send in their money orders to get tickets. We were sending them in, at first before Calico. We used to send, like, it was Bill Graham Presents, and we were going to, like, wait in line for to buy tickets at the record factory. But right. after that, the Grateful <laughs> Dead kind of realized we need to take on our own ticketing because it was such a unique situation. So Calico started being the person to organize that and it was just such this amazing bond between her and the community and people were sending in our money orders and envelopes and we 
decorating them because she would actually pay attention to that and she would pick out all these beautiful envelopes and fill them (laughs) so (laughs) you know she loved the community and she brought people together well it's kind of what you're doing here let me tell you the community here it's incredible just to look around and um we were up late last night and there was just hustle and bustle going about everybody was calm and doing their business whatever it needed to be and helpful and friendly and it just kind of runs like a top you know um and a lot of that a lot of that has to do with yeah it really does appear that way um and yes and the black oak ranch has an incredible crew that come that does all the festivals here primarily and and they they're a family yes and they they create the top essentially that's as far wonderful. as I'm concerned. With a lot of volunteers. Yes, yeah. right. Yes. Well, so uh, what's the the plan for next year to increase that um, roster of women participating? I mean, there's some things you can't do about no. it, I'm sure. but If we can do this festival again, I want to diversify a bit the music. I no. mean, of course, I want it to honor the memory and music of Jerry and, and have a lot of that. But diversifying the type of music we put on the show will help me bring in more female artists yeah because of the genre we're talking about yeah yeah Yeah. um well i look forward to that and i think i think people i don't (laughs) just watching again the the crowd here not everybody was fully grateful dead centric most were of course but Whoever, Dumpster Funk was amazing, by the way. Um, and I know they have the connection through New Orleans, uh, that whole New Orleans dead connection. But boy, uh, the crowd would be just fine with people that are not necessarily playing Grateful Dead exactly. music. Exactly, yes. <laughs> I so can assure you that. Bring in some more of that. And there's a lot of, like the bluegrass, jamgrass scene. There's a lot of oh female goodness. talent there. And funk. Yes, the funk. Oh, boy. Yeah, we just uh, saw a, uh, a bluegrass band that had a, a, a female ahead uh, of it called Never Come Down. I don't know if you ever heard of them. And they, they're the Sweetwater, like two weeks ago. I went, look at these. Fl-. There's so many out there. So I gave them a plug for some reason. That's cool. <laughs> um, well, ladies, this has uh, been very uh, educational for us, first of all. Um, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you inviting us into your home. Uh, to welcoming us the way you have, to to making this feel like a home to us. We have the music playing in the background. Um, you guys are pretty calm for uh, day two and a <laughs> we half. We are. Yeah. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Sunday's a great day. almost over huh right well everything's in place everything's we put what do we call them minor the minor fires or the the minor catastrophes minor catastrophes yeah Yeah. we just deal with them but there's pretty this festival's been really mellow to produce Uh, it's just well good we don't really i don't really know why it's been mellow but it has uh part of it is the crowd i mean you know when you walk outside of a these grateful dead influence concerts it's like the most quiet peaceful thing you can imagine right when people not leave always. a show not always yeah. huh not that's always been my i mean it depends but this 
this has been a great group of uh, musicians to, to work with. Good. Everyone has been kind, I and mean, there's really not been a lot of stress or drama, and it's been it's been easy. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, you two are just uh, amazing representatives of what we are want, wanting to uh, the message we want to get out, which is the women are smarter. Um, I'm totally impressed. Um, can't wait to do this again. Can't wait to see more women involved next year. Uh, allow you to further speak your voices on these issues and we're going to take what you've said and share it with some of the others that we're going to be talking to and see if they can elaborate and get, get the word out. Uh, I have a, a parting question I've been asking the ladies. Um, it's basically a fill in the blank um, and I won't choose one of you. You can both answer or you can both, no, you can't both decline, <laughs> but you can both answer at the same time. Um, but here it is. Uh, the women are smarter because they have empathy. Yeah, I would say compassion. I'll take it. And oh. tolerance. And tolerance. And yeah. we're strong and and they can multitask. Right. Oh yeah, wow. for sure. <laughs> There it is. My three-year-old has been rolling around, and I'm like, oh, mom, oh, production, oh. Oh, podcast. (laughs) So, well, with that, we're going to let you guys get back to enjoy the rest of your uh, afternoon, the rest of the weekend. Again, our pleasure, and uh, we can't wait to see you again. Thanks so much. The women are smarter. That's right. The women are smarter. That's right. The women are smarter.